and have some fun on the phone with you this morning. If you want to call in, and we are keeping you company here on Seaside FM. I'm listening again to the Seaside FM where the songs roll straight off the waves. A long shore road in Eastern Passage, Nova Scotia, on the top floor of an old yellow house is community radio station Seaside FM. Located across from picturesque Fisherman's Cove, just 20 minutes from downtown Halifax, Seaside FM's reach somehow seems bigger than its 2,500 watts. Wayne Harrett, who founded Seaside in 2002, lost a lengthy battle with cancer earlier this month. This episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, is for anyone who's been told they don't have a voice for or a future in radio, because Harrett didn't let that stop him from starting and growing his own station, fueled by his sheer passion for the medium. Seaside FM has become a home for retired broadcasters, a training ground for those up and coming, and beyond that, has influenced a number of local musicians with its eclectic playlist, even inspiring singer-songwriter Adam Baldwin to pen this tribute to the station. You'll not be alone while he's rolling your home Just as long as your radio catches That's 105.9 on the He's the voice of the Eastern Passage. He's the voice of the Eastern Passage. My name is Adam Baldwin. I am a uh, singer-songwriter based out of Seaforth, Nova Scotia. And I am a longtime listener to Seaside FM. I was probably 19 or 20 years old in like the mid-2000s. And I worked at a bar... And uh, there was a, a gal there that was managing the place. It was from Eastern Passage. And she told me about this community radio station and just how great the playlist was on it. It was sort of something that was sounded like it was right up my alley. I can remember putting it on the first time and, and hearing Wayne and thinking, you know, that's, that's not a voice you hear on the radio, you know. But you... He very quickly got beyond that, uh, you know, his, uh, I wouldn't call it, I don't know what you call it. It wasn't a speech impediment. I think it, it just, it made the rest of his personality really come out. If anything, it was like a more of himself shone through. And I just, I remember thinking that hearing him on the radio, just how, what a delight he was. And then the playlist, is a sort of easy listening playlist that I think was probably geared more toward you know, people of my grandparents' age, I was so into it. I was, I just, I, lo- I loved it. And it didn't sound like, like uh, any of the commercial radio stations, which I, you know, I, I could, I can tune in and out of, but Seaside FM was always number one on my dial. And when I turn on the car, that's what was always on. It just sort of like, you could kind of catch your bearings and then head out for, to wherever you're going. And, and, um, I always knew I was going to hear something I'd never heard before, that's for sure. The station seems to resonate with with local musicians. Why do you think that is? Because they they play deep cuts. And, and like I say, the, the stuff on that playlist, I, I can't tell you how many songs I heard that I, I don't think I ever otherwise would have come across. They're countless. And, and you know, stuff that 
that uh, commercial radio had waved goodbye to 40 years ago. You know, James' last songs that, you know, I became familiar with him, his orchestra, uh, because of Seaside FM, or even like some Roseanne Cash stuff, or uh, Juice Newton, even. I mean, that station ran the gamut, and uh, they were songs that I think had been largely forgotten about by radio, and, and so I think as a musician, as somebody who has to, I have to find influence wherever I can, and if, if I'm only hearing the stuff that's on commercial radio, then that influence, you know, it, it, it can't, it can only be so broad, you know? Tell me what motivated you to write that song that you recently penned. I loved that radio station, but beyond that, I loved Wayne, uh, Wayne Herod. I loved listening to him. Uh, he brought me so much joy. And I heard, I remember him posting on Facebook that he was sick. He was still a relatively young man. I thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't think much of it. But some weeks ago, a month, a month and a half ago, he, he wrote something on there and he indicated that he wasn't going to make it home. And his home, to my knowledge, is it was underneath the radio station. You know, he lived in the building where that station uh, came from. And, and that, it broke my heart. And uh, and all of a sudden, this these kind of these these words just started rattling around in my head. I was talking to somebody at um, who works at Seaside today, and, and we were talking about that song. And I said, you know, I, I didn't write that. That that got beamed in. And every once in a while, something just flies through the window and it lands, and it and it just comes right out of you know uh, out of your head. Uh, and I didn't have anything to do with it. I wrote it in fifteen minutes. And that was that. And, and I felt like I'd said everything that I could ever want to say about that radio station and about Wayne. But I didn't, I can't take any responsibility for it because I really feel like that was beamed in from the heavens. Apparently he got to hear it before he passed and that really meant the world to me. Uh, I just wanted him to know how important he was to me. And that was my way of, of doing it, I guess. Wayne was a and continues to be even in death. That man is an inspiration to people in radio or or in any other line of work. He's a he's a fellow who was told he couldn't do something, and not in a spiteful way, but just because he he had he had a dream in his heart, and he pursued it. And with with just like a couple people who really believed he could do it, that was all it took. And so I think the lesson in in Wayne's life is. It's not just that uh, uh, to to follow your dreams, which is something that every we're all told that. But but as somebody who who sees somebody who who is trying desperately to follow that, that dream, I think it's important for all of us to encourage that instead of trying to to stifle it. And uh, Wayne got to live his dream in no small part because of his he willed it into existence but he had a little just enough help along the way that that he could uh, he could make it happen and if there's a if there's a lesson in 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 his life and in, in that radio station that he built it's if it's in your heart then you have to pursue it and if you see somebody pursuing that dream that's in their heart i think we should all encourage it Hey, my name is Erin Hopkins. I am one half of the morning show at Move 100 here in Halifax, along with my co-host Peter Harrison. And Wayne Herrett and Seaside FM are hands down the reason why I fell in love with radio. And Wayne is the reason why I am here today. So... 
Can't say enough amazing things about him, but a little background on us. I met Wayne in 2013. I was a student at the Mount. Wayne hired me as a co-op student to do the PR work for the annual Radiothon at Seaside FM. So I was very much behind the scenes until one day Wayne was getting ready for the Rolling Home show. Somebody called in sick and he said, how would you like to jump on the air and read the news? I was a ball of nerves. I never thought I could do anything like that in my life. But Wayne is the ultimate coach. So in that situation, I was so happy that I had him. So I did it. And that's when everything sort of kind of changed for me. Wayne saw uh, an opportunity in me. And he actually gave me the chance to co-host the Rolling Home show with him uh, for a couple summers in a row. He hired me back for their summer cruiser program. So I had a lot of on-air time with him. We had a ball hosting uh, that drive home show together. We laughed so hard. Some of my favorite memories ever. Now, the one thing that I think myself and many people respect about Wayne is that he will do anything for anybody. So when I was done my terms at Seaside, I I was completely obsessed with radio. Like I never thought in a million years I would get into it. I didn't go to radio school, but that was enough to get me hooked. So I didn't want to leave, but I couldn't work there anymore because the grants were up and I and I couldn't get paid. But Wayne said, okay, let's do this. I'll give you a Sunday afternoon show at Seaside, four to seven. You come in three hours, pick whatever music you want and have fun. Well, that's really where I started to learn the true behind the scenes of radio. And the fact that he even gave me that chance, I'll just forever be grateful for it. And he always looked after me. I mean, after doing that for about a year, volunteering every Sunday, Wayne said, hey, I think Bell Media, C100 and 101.3 The Bounce, which is now Move 100 and Virgin Radio, uh, is hiring on their street team. And Aaron, that's how you really get in if you want to go commercial and make a career out of this. So I followed his advice. I applied. I got hired. And that's how I have the job that I have now. I worked my way up to the morning show. But if it wasn't for Wayne looking out for me that way, I would have no idea how to do this. I would have no idea how to jump in this career, let alone in a city where there are so, so many talented broadcasters. So Wayne changed my life. He's been an amazing mentor. He's been the ultimate teacher. He taught me everything I know about radio. And more importantly, he became a really great friend of mine. So much so that when my family would come out east uh, from Calgary to visit me, the first place we would go is Eastern Passage to Seaside FM. Everybody gets the tour of Seaside. Everybody gets to meet Wayne uh, because he was just such an important part of my life. So if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I am today. I know a lot of other people feel that way as well. And it just shows you how much of an amazing person Wayne was and how much of an impact he had on people's lives. My name is Lisa Blackburn. And right now I'm a city councillor in Halifax, But for 25 years prior to this, I worked in morning radio on both Q104 and Light 92.9. I first got to know Wayne through his blog on the air in Atlantic Canada. He was the ultimate fan of radio, and he became the go-to source for information on the industry in this part of the country. Well, his story is now one of legend. Starting a community radio station to broadcast a summer parade from his house, and then growing it to a respected source of information and entertainment. Wayne was more than a fan of radio. It was his passion, and it showed every time he cracked open a mic. What he was able to build with his own vision is remarkable. Wayne understood old school radio and what it provided to listeners. But more than that, he was a gentle soul who welcomed me into his studio on many occasions. He also threw open the doors to young broadcasters needing a place to hone their craft. Our community has lost a giant. 
The on-air light may have gone out, but he has left us so much. My name is Cindy Hare, and I'm Wayne's sister. Uh, I've been involved with Seaside FM since conception, or before, actually. But we went on the air back in 1998 as a uh, special events radio station. At that time, there was little staff. So at that time, we did basically everything, probably Wayne and I and one other broadcaster. And then we developed into Seaside FM, what you see now, after 22 years and a lot of hard work. And I still continue to work with Seaside FM, and I'm now on the uh, board of directors of Seaside and continue to support them in any way I can. My name is Noah Widmeyer. I am an on-air host here on Seaside FM. I do uh, on-air uh, on the matinee currently, but I've done everything. I've uh, co-hosted with Wayne on Rolling Home, or I've done Saturday mornings with him. I've done fill-ins at any time uh, for Wayne uh, and for the station because uh, I just love uh, Seaside. But I initially started off, uh, I was a media and communications student, and I walked through these doors uh, in the fall, and Wayne said, yeah, I could uh, be a volunteer here. So I uh, did everything from stuff on the website to taking pictures to going to events to uh, eventually leading up to going on air. And I've done it all here. I've done production. Uh, I do advertisements, uh, programming, uh, get new syndicated shows, everything. So I've gotten the honor to really be a part of Seaside. So. I want to start with you, Cindy. Can you take us back to your early memories of how your brother's love of radio developed? And given Seaside's unique playlist, I imagine your house was also filled with music growing up. Yeah, both of my parents were big music lovers. So we always had music of one type or another going on. And uh, Wayne was very much into music also. He would play a lot of records. I don't remember him ever saying when he was younger that he wanted to be on radio, but I think he knew because of his uh, speech impediment that he had that that dream was a little out of reach at the time when he was younger. And then as he developed and he got older, he did go to work for one of the local uh, TV channels here and worked as a cameraman for six years. And But he still had the back of his mind. He still had the love for radio burning. So he was always talking about radio. He was always talking to any of the announcers he ran into. And they were all saying, well, no, you don't quite have the radio voice that we were looking for. And so things along that lines uh, until the point came where he said, okay, I don't have the voice, but that, why does that mean I can't go on radio? Why can't I have a dream and make it come true? So he started talking to more of them and he found a few people that said the same thing. Why can't we give it a try? What's the worst that can happen if we try to reach for the stars? And so he did. And it started as a one watt radio station, as no one noted. And um, we had it as a special events for a few years. And then we started working on the business plan with the help of St. Mary's University and with the CRTC and started doing engineering studies for towers and It developed and it grew bit by bit as people started to believe that, you know, maybe Wayne had something right here. Maybe this was going to work. And eventually a lot of those people that told him that he wasn't able to be on the air because he wasn't the so-called regular announcer uh, came to work for him. So it all worked out really well. And the selection of music, a lot of it has to go back with their parents. 
a lot of it had to do when we first went on the air we were more of a rock station but there was a lot of people in the market already offering a rock so we wanted to find a different niche that wasn't being serviced and it ended up being the adult music uh adult music that you hear today and it's gone over very well and people tend to like it and you know, the first time I ever heard of uh, Engelberg Humperdinck was from Wayne, and he said that it was his mother's <laughs> yes, favorite. Yes, it was. It was yeah. his mother's favorite. Yeah. And also, all the old pictures we're seeing of Wayne now, yeah. he always has a different radio station on his shirt. Yes, all the and ones. He, and, you know, he's just every single old picture of him growing up and, you know, teenager or whatever, he always has new, uh, you know, merch from some radio station somewhere. Yeah. And even downstairs, like, he has all these different, uh, the call letters from radio stations across the world so he's always been a radio lover to my knowledge too so yeah he's yeah. always enjoyed it but he always felt that he couldn't be able to do it mm -hmm. but uh, as i say you dream the dream and make it happen right so cindy did people think he was out of his mind when he first got that special events license well at the beginning it was for the hometown summer carnival that they had so it was only for a 10-day license that was in the summer for two years and they were very happy because they were able to get the word out. They were able to publicize it. They didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. It was just going to be a local thing. And then the next, after the two-year period, we started doing Christmas from down home. Christmas from the Passage, I think it was called at that time. So now we're on twice a year. And then they were starting to believe in the credibility. Then we started to solicit people to support us. And that's when people started saying, well, you know, maybe there is something to this. Why can't we have a radio station locally? And they thought it was just going to be a little small radio station just for this community. I don't think anybody envisioned that it would end up being a station. Basically, people are hearing it around the world from the, from the feedback that we're getting. Right. And, and we should note that you and Wayne have lived below the station all these years. And it's in quite an idyllic set, setting. It doesn't get more Nova Scotia than yeah. living in that uh in that spot well i don't live underneath the station she lives in the passage i live though. in the passage <laughs> actually i moved out into the passage and wayne used to come out and visit me and he kept on saying it's really nice out here it's really nice out here and next thing you know <laughs> next thing you know he's moving out here and i always used to tease him tease the people around here and say well the only reason why you have a radio station here is because wayne followed me out <laughs> <laughs> but wayne did live below the station wayne yeah. lived below the station yeah. and uh he did that to make sure that the station never went off the air because at the beginning of the radio station, he didn't live close by. So if it went off air, he had to get up in the middle of the night and then tromps on out in the middle of a snowstorm quite frequently and go and fix the station for whatever was wrong with it. So it was just felt that if he lived below the station, it would just be more convenient and easier that he'd be able to keep better control, make sure it never went off the air for the listeners. So Cindy, how did the station in its current incarnation come together because Wayne was able to attract a lot of really great veteran broadcasting talent over the years. I think you had the honor of meeting Wayne. He's pretty persistent. He doesn't give up and his personality will win you over. Like he's saying, well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you come and do it? Why wouldn't you just come do a show? Of course you can do it. And then he gave everybody the comments. Of course you can do the show. See, even if you've never done radio before, he was able to do that. But for the other broadcasters, it's like, uh, you know, you loved it. This gives you an opportunity to still do what you'd like to do. And then they go, of course I'll be in. Because Wayne said, of course you'll be in. <laughs> yeah, so it all worked out. And there's a genuine friendship between Wayne and a lot of these people. So that didn't, uh, that didn't bother him at all. 
I know I saw that Wayne Adams was saying that he was in a grocery store yeah. and Wayne came running up to him saying, aren't you Wayne Adams? And basically you need to have a show on Seaside FM. And Frank was outside the drugstore. Yeah, and Frank, the same thing. Wayne, Wayne was a news junkie and a radio junkie, so he knew all these people. So if he saw them, he had no problem. He definitely wasn't shy. He'd definitely run up and say, you should do a show on Seaside. And uh, they believed in his dream, and they came along, which is great. So, Noah, you became one of Wayne's best friends and were a media student yourself, as you mentioned off the top, when you first landed at Seaside. What were your first impressions of the station? I grew up, and uh, I, my family, my mother and grandmother were very big CBC fans. And uh, come to find out now that Seaside does share a big audience with CBC, people that switch between the two frequencies. But I, uh, my first impression of Seaside, I never really heard of it, but I had an instructor that said one time, well, the story she told me was that uh, there was this kind of metalhead guy with long hair and he wanted to uh, go on the radio and uh, he went down to Seaside FM and he had the best time ever. And I said, oh, do they play metal music? And he said, no, it's easy listening. <laughs> and I said, whoa, whoa, what is easy listening? I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with the format. Yeah. So I started tuning in and uh, this was even before we had the uh, increase in wattage, but I started tuning in and I kind of listened from afar and I listened to Wayne and uh, on air and it was just like instant, you know, this big personality, like he just... He was laughing and playing James Taylor and the Eagles and Engelberg Humperdinck. And uh, I just wanted to come in. So I came out to the passage with my mother and uh, she dropped me off and I walked in and Wayne uh, and me were friends ever since. I think uh, we were friends as soon as I stepped foot in that door. And uh, then I just started volunteering. And uh, yeah, I kind of with Wayne, he said, you know, you're going to start off as a volunteer, but you never know where it will go because I was a volunteer at one point too. And he told me about his days when he volunteered and yeah, so that's kind of what happened. You did an on-air tribute to Wayne this week and you talked about how mistakes are just part of the process at Seaside because of its importance as a training ground for young broadcasters. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah. Well, what sets us apart too is that, uh, and I like to say this and repeat myself, but uh, we have personality and uh, we're live on air throughout the day. And, uh, you know, we're not like these other big uh, st- commercial stations that, you know, maybe their voice tracked and they sound perfect. We have slip ups, you know, sometimes somebody has to finish their brand muffin before they hit the uh, turntable to play the next song. You know, we, we are uh, a community radio station and uh, we have great personality and people can relate to us because we talk about, you know, our everyday lives on air or whatever it may be. And uh, and as I said, with that story that I said in the tribute, I've made mistakes. And when I first wanted to go on air, I did every single thing wrong and I was pretty down. But then I realized that this is a place where it's OK and I'm able to learn. And that's just what I did. And uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without making mistakes as most of us are like so seaside has worked with a lot of community groups over the years do you want to talk about support for the station in the community because 
a lot of times your fundraising efforts, they exceed their goals. Oh, they, they often do. And I think that not only has to do with our listeners, but also with people that might not even listen to us, that might be part of uh, community groups that we, you know, help shed light on. And uh, they often uh, give back to us in ways, whether that's, uh, you know, fundraising uh, giveaways or that's uh, actually just sharing us on their own uh, social medias and in their own community. So we really, Wayne really prioritized that. And, uh, you know, even as we get bigger and bigger and we had more and more listeners, you know, we still uh, would say there's a yard sale down the road or, you know, there's a, a church supper or whatever it may be. We still were a community radio. We still are a community radio station. That's at the heart of it. And uh, we, uh, we often see people, uh, different community members or politicians, you know, uh, acknowledge Seaside as really the heart of the community here. One of the things I really wanted to encapsulate in this interview is how much of a profound impact Seaside has had on local musicians. And and one of those is singer-songwriter Adam Baldwin, who actually wrote a song about Seaside and Wayne while he was at Hospice Halifax. But over the years, there have been so many, you know, including Joel Plaskett and others who've lent their talents to the station fundraising events. Why do you think Seaside FM resonates so much with the local music industry? I believe that it's because uh, we also, that's one of the things that we pride ourselves in is East Coast uh, being East Coast. Like when people tune in to us, whether they're from England or Ontario and they're online and however they're getting us, uh, we sound like the East Coast of Canada. We're uniquely East Coast and we play East Coast musicians. And I think that people are really drawn to uh, Seaside because uh, we will give uh, airtime for that guy down the road or whoever it may be. And, uh, you know, people just the other day, I just got an email from a 13 year old singer songwriter and we played her track on air and uh, it said that it made her whole, you know, her whole day. So I think that uh, that's what Seaside's all about, too, is not only just the community, but also what it sounds like to be on the East Coast. You've mentioned before that Wayne was still very much you know, directing the station from his hospital bed over the last few months. What, what happens, what happens now? What's, what's the station's secession plan? Well, currently we do have Blaine Henshaw who took over. Um, Wayne actually asked him to take over his duties when he was uh, starting to get ill to make sure that there was someone that would be in charge. Uh, so Blaine has taken on those duties and he is supported by a tremendous amount of volunteers and broadcasters. Everybody's been pulling together and we're all very proud of the way the teamwork has been pulling through at the station to ensure that we continue to deliver the quality sounds of Seaside FM to the audience. Yeah, and it's definitely, and Blaine has really stepped up and it's really been going great and uh, that's what Wayne would have wanted is to stay on air because you know yeah. if we went off air for a second he'd be running in the control room <laughs> pulling wires and going on because that's just Wayne but he would want us to keep playing that music and you know keep going on with the dream but uh also it's just it, yeah as Cindy said it's a community right now there's amazing volunteers uh all coming together and we're all you know pulling up our socks and doing each of uh, our niche things so yeah do either of you have thoughts you'd like to close on 
thank you to everybody for all the support they've given us during this time. It's yeah. been challenging, but we know we're, we are continuing on the path that Wayne would want to go. And I'm sure he's uh, watching and listening to us wherever he is. Yeah, it doesn't feel real that I'm talking about Wayne like this, but his side thing we were just talking about today was uh, talking about different media outlets and personalities. And that was uh, another kind of thing he did, like blogs and that type of thing, because he just loved the industry so much. But um, I guess uh, I would just end on just uh, the importance Wayne ha is in the radio industry. But not only that, uh, he's a good community man. And uh, he uh, did so much for so many people. And I'm, I feel honored to be able to speak uh, about him but there's so many students that have come through these doors that went on to uh, really uh, you know whether they're teachers or they're in the radio industry or they're in public relations uh, every single one of them Wayne was so 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 proud of and uh, it was amazing to see how proud he was he would show me pictures and show everybody pictures and share them of uh, the students that came through these doors to go on to do great things so I think uh, Wayne will be remembered as, you know, somebody that's extraordinary. So, yeah. yeah. And I think the biggest thing that people should realize, even taking the radio bit out of it, is that people should not give up on their dreams. Mm -hmm. Just because people tell you you shouldn't, you couldn't, or you're not, you don't fit into the square that they're saying you should, don't let it stop you. Keep going. You never know what's going to come out of it. Reach for the stars. Yeah, and if you can't do it, if somebody says that you can't do it or you can't come here, make it yourself, That's right? right. That's, Just do it yourself. And yeah. I don't think I'll ever have an excuse in my life now because, uh, you know, pe people are going to say no. But, uh, yeah, you're just going to have to tell yourself yes. So He's made an impact, a big impact. Yeah. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Connie. Thank you, Connie, for having us. I'm listening again to the seaside fam where the songs roll straight off the waves. 2,500 watts all coming in hot from the back roads and lonely highways. From Roseland on back into Port Halifax, back cold to St. Margaret's Bay. Playing yesterday's hits in your old favorites, your concertos and your serenades. I'll not be alone while he's rolling me home Just as long as my radio catches That's 105.9 on your FM dial He's the voice of the Eastern Passage There's the voice of the Eastern Passage Now Kay's on the line from the show in the shine Make some bucks for Branch 164 It's a fine Legion haul Come on and come on Stay tuned for your weather report You'll not be alone While he's rolling your home Just as long as your radio catches That's 105.9 on the FM dial There's the voice of the Eastern Passage He's the voice I'm listening again to the sea 
seaside fam where the songs roll straight off the waves and later this hour off your radio tower it's the voice of the eastern passage y'all not being long always rolling me home just as long as my radio catches that's 105.9 on the FM dial is the voice of the eastern passage from the moment Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.